You're going to have to earn this iPod that we're giving away. I think they're going to pay attention tonight. Uh, turn me down just a little bit. Can I move to the left and to the right? All right. All right. Um, as you can see, we have uh, put a little display up for you tonight, so you probably have an idea, uh, maybe an idea of what we might talk about. And so we're going to go ahead and get started. Let's stand together and have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the privilege and opportunity to be here. We do ask and pray now as we study your word that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. I pray right now, God, that you will give us the courage to follow through with the word of God. Give us the humility to understand our need for your word. And God, give us the faith to trust everything that you say is for our benefit. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I still have a little ring in my mic, just a little. Uh, is that mic off right there? Okay, it's, it's totally off. All right, I'll let him work it out. Um, take out your handouts. Um, there are two handouts that you have for tonight. The first handout is still a little ring. There's still a little ring in the mic. Can you hear it? I hear it. It's still a little ring. You can turn it down a little bit. <clears throat> Um, that's fine. Um, there are two handouts. The first one is a yellow one that says, uh, flight school going to the next level in God. Oh, that's perfect right there. Thank you. Uh, study guide number four, God, God's pharmacy. If you have that, let me hear you say amen. amen. All right. This is for you to take home. You don't have that. Uh, we have somebody here tonight who needs one of the yellow copies. Just raise your hand. If you don't have it, put your hand in the air. All right. Everybody else who's sitting in the wings, come to the middle. Too many, too many open spaces there. Come on into the middle. It's cold outside. Y'all should at least want to sit by folk to be warm. Come on into the middle. Don't argue with me. I'm going to wait till you get there. Uh, we'll wait till you get there. Come on in. It's just better. It's just better when we're closer. It's just better. It's just better. You'll figure that out when you stand up here one day, when you got to preach the sections like this. <laughs> where, where are you? <laughs> I don't see you. Somebody sit on the front row tonight. Anybody want to sit on the front row? No? <laughs> oh, y'all know I like to stand up on that area. All right. Um, now, there is a white insert as well that says flight school, God's pharmacy, healthy lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, God's pharmacy. This is what you're going to need for tonight. It should be front and back. Take out your pencil because there's some on the screen, uh, there's some fill in the blank there. Do you see the fill in the blank? Do you see the fill in the blank? All right, if you see the fill in the blank, let's, uh, let's, let's go to work here. Now, let, who, who needs one? If you need one, put your hand in the air. Uh, you need a pencil, put your, put your hand in the air. Pencil. Now, all, all, all those who need a, a pencil and an insert, put, your hand, put both hands in the air. <laughs> if you put both hands, they'll know who you are. You just put both hands. We're circulating that now. Uh, tonight, uh, flight, truth number four, God's pharmacy. While they're doing that, I'm going to review very quickly. There are, two section, there are three sections to the book of Revelation, and the book of Revelation is like unto a sandwich. Uh, Unfortunately, I will not say it's like a Big Mac, though, um, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, it's a sandwich, and both sections talk about what? The beginning of Revelation and the end emphasize what? The coming of Jesus. They emphasize what, everybody? They emphasize what, everybody? So the book of Revelation, we can safely assume, is about what? All right, let's try that again. Uh, the, the beginning of Revelation and the end of Revelation emphasize what point? Thank you very much. Uh, we can safely assume by the beginning and the end that this book must be about what? 
Thank you very much. Three sections in the middle break down how we ought to be prepared for it. And we broke that down to you. The first message is the message to the uh, seven churches. What were those two messages I said? What are the two messages to the seven churches? Anybody remember? Repent and be faithful. Thank you very much. Repent and be faithful. Repent and be faithful. What is it, everybody? Repent and be faithful. That's, that's the message to the church. Uh, then the seven seals. Uh, in this section here, the seals are being released. Catastrophic historical events are happening. But the important part of the book of Revelation is, the actually, is actually the section where the sealed scroll is open. And that's the section between Revelations 12 to Revelations chapter 22. Thus, we are studying Revelation 14, which is the pinnacle of the most important part of the book of Revelation. And that's Revelation 6 uh, through 12, the three angels' messages. What is it called, everybody? And that's why we're calling this flight school, because we believe that the angels that are flying can teach us about how to fly spiritually and be prepared to be caught up with the Lord in the air. How many want to be there? Seriously. Come on, for real. Now, for real. How many plan on being there? You got your mind made up. All right. Look at your neighbor. So my mind's made up. All right. Now, tonight, we're going to look at maybe a hidden element in this section of the three angels' messages that we often don't look at. Revelation 14, 6 through 7 says, Then I saw together <coughs> another angel together <coughs> flying in the midst of heaven together having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them. Come on. To who? Every nation. Mm -hmm. Fear God and give glory to him. The Bible goes on to say, for the hour of his judgment has come. I'm sorry you can't see that, but that says, And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and... There you go, springs of waters. Look, look very carefully. The Bible says, there's a phrase here, give glory to him. There's a call in the last days to live a life that brings glory to God. In these times when there's so much attention given to self, God is saying, in the last days, I want all the attention. I want all the glory. The word glory in the Hebrew really is a word that means weight. In other words, he wants the weight of our attention. He wants the weight of our affections. It should be all about God. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 says, whatever you do, uh, whether you eat, therefore, whether you eat or whatever you do, do all to what, everybody? Let me read that again. I left some stuff out. Therefore, whether you eat or whether you what? Or whatever you do. I like that. Whatever. Just in case I left something out. Paul says, you eat, drink, whatever you do, do all, whatever, whatever, where you go, what you listen to, what you watch, whatever, whatever you do. Give me the amens are dying out now. Whatever you do, and I, I'm going to, listen, you know, I, I'm very transparent. I'm going to be very transparent tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break a cardinal rule almost in, in pastoral diplomacy. I'm, I'm going to break it tonight. I've got to be honest. Somebody needs to, cause I'll tell you in a minute. Therefore, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. But I think we ought to take notice that he does say whatever you eat or whatever you drink ought to bring glory to God as well. Yes. Amen. And so the Bible says also in 2 John, and that, uh, uh, that should be 3 John, rather, correction, that should be 3 John, 3 John, excuse me, that should be 3 John, uh, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in what? Just as your soul what? God is saying, I, as you grow spiritually, I want you to also grow in health. 
It amazes me how, when I hear individuals, especially from some uh, denominations and some churches, who like to quote the passage of scripture that Paul mentioned about, uh, as long as you pray over your food, it's all good. You know, it's all good. It's not what goes into the mouth, and that's what the Bible says. It's not what goes into the mouth, and this is true. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but it's what comes out. And many of us don't like to hear that. Uh, the truth of the matter, though, is, and for principle's sake, the bottom line is if you grow in your relationship with Christ, you will become a good steward. And you'll recognize that your life, your body, is your first responsibility. The Bible says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy might and with all thy strength, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you love yourself, notice now the Bible says you can't even love people unless you love yourself appropriately. You can't love yourself unless you understand God's love for you. If you love yourself and you're growing spiritually, how can you, how can you continue to have bad health? There's a, there's a theological phrase for this. It's called Gnosticism. It's the idea that matter doesn't matter. And when we're talking about matter, we're talking about the physical realm. In other words, I can be spiritual, but it doesn't matter what I do to my body. And that's why Paul had to commend the, book, commend the people in Corinthians. He said, hey, listen. He said, if you destroy this temple, God will destroy you. God gave you this as a gift. And we're going to see tonight the direct connection now between our physical bodies and our spiritual lives. It matters. It took me a long time to get to this point where I'm saying this, but I'm telling you, I'm here now. It matters. It matters. And so the book of Revelation calls us to give glory to God, and it tells us we must worship the creator. This is a call back to creation. It's a call back to what, everybody? Creation. In creation, I believe God established exactly how he wants us to live. Notice what Hosea 4 and 6 says. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? For a lack of knowledge. It is just amazing. I mean, it's just spiritual ignorance to talk about how you want to grow in the Lord, but you don't want to grow in health. The Bible says that your soul, as your soul prospers, your health should prosper as well. They ought, they, it should grow simultaneously. And I'm telling you now, and I can't wait to make my confession in a minute, but I'm telling you now, I am, as I'm growing in the Lord, I wish I grew faster, sooner. I wish I did. I wish I, I wish I had started. I wish I had done some stuff before. I, Lord, help me. You know what, I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Kevin Trudeau, many of you have read this in his book, uh, best-selling book, Natural Cures. They don't want you, what, what they don't want you to know about. <clears throat> Kevin reveals the shocking truth of how drugs, which are being advertised directly to the consumer, pushing their use to an all-time high, are actually the cause of illness and disease climbing to near epidemic levels with revenue being the motivation. I'll explain that momentarily. Various medical organizations <clears throat> are calling for a new diagno diagnostic definition and, and a follow this, a four follow this. For those of you who, who just want me to holler, it ain't happening tonight. I'm trying to put something in your head. I want your soul, as your soul is prospering, your health ought to prosper. What use are you to God if you're sick? And, 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 and being young nowadays is no longer a buffer from getting sick. Everybody.
somebody getting cancer now. <laughs> There's a reason for this. Various medical organizations are calling for a new diagnostic definition of four major lifestyle-related disorders. Diabetes, high blood pressure, <coughs> elevated cholesterol, and overweight. Now, watch what they're saying. If these new standards were to be adopted today, 75% of the U.S. adult population would be considered disease. In other words, if you were to look at diabetes, blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, and, over, and being overweight as disease, rather than just sickness, and there is a difference, then 75% of the adult population in the United States would be considered diseased. This figure does not include the, ex the explosion of these problems in children. These chronic diseases afflict 60 million Americans and cause 70% of all U.S. deaths at an annual cost of $1.1 trillion. Each year, cardiovascular disease alone costs the U.S. $300 billion in medical costs and lost productivity. What I'm saying is sickness, and you want to write this down, is big business. People are making big time money. You need to know that the world, we live in, the world we're living in is that evil. That they would perpetuate sickness in order to fatten their pocketbooks. Believe it. It's that wicked in the world. People are making a killing off sickness. If you understand what I'm saying, let me hear you say amen. In a bad economy in Cleveland, Ohio, the Cleveland Clinic keeps building hospitals. <laughs> the medical industry, healthcare industry, will never, will never be in a financial recession. <laughs> so long as we make choices about our lifestyle. Somebody say lifestyle tonight. So what you should have filled in is sickness is big business. So it works like this. You have the hospital systems that really don't heal, but simply medicate to sustain sickness. And you have the food industry under the auspices of the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, which have very loose definitions of what can go in food and what cannot go in food, which perpetuates sickness. As long as it doesn't kill you tomorrow, they can put it in there. That's what I'm telling you. And then you have these establishments that because of their desire to play upon the busy lifestyle, and I want to emphasize it, the busy lifestyle of Americans and people in general. I mean, I, anybody ever traveled? There's a McDonald's everywhere. <laughs> I've been all over the world. It ain't no matter where you go. It's big business. And so it's a, it's, it's a, it's a cycle of feed Fear and death. And we're going to break this down tonight. Now, I, I don't want you to, I, a lot of, now, I grew up hearing these kind of presentations, and it would drive me right back to get one of these. Because they were, it were presented in such a way as to make it seem like everybody does it right all the time. I'm going to explain to you in a minute. 
Tonight, you're going to feel empowered. Tonight, you're not going to leave here feeling beat up. Uh, the 10 unhealthiest cities. Indianapolis is number one. San Antonio, now watch this. Cincinnati, number three. Cleveland, number four. And it, most FF per capita. Anybody know what that means? Cleveland, the city of Cleveland has the most fast food restaurants per capita in the nation. <laughs> I was stunned when I saw that. Ohio's in trouble, y'all. All our major cities, Orlando and Columbus, unhealthiest cities in the United States. And so I, I want to ask us tonight, as I ask myself, what will it take for us to start waking up as it relates to caring for ourselves? And, not, and we're not just caring for ourselves. Health now is a legacy issue. Genetic predisposition. Is, is so connected now to our health. In other words, when you eat and when you take care of your body, it's not just about you, it's about your legacy. How many of you have predispositions to something? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, something like that. Something like that. So we all got, if you're black, and my family, I got everything. My folk from the South, so you already know. Every, I mean, every predisposition you can think of, diabetes, every, it's all in there. And so you take that with my wife, and we've passed this down to our children. What's it going to take for you to be totally stressed out and burnt out because you won't take a Sabbath rest? What's it going to take? Is it going to take the ambulance coming to your house for the fifth time for you to finally say it's time to make some changes? What's it going to take? I was just in the hospital yesterday for, for tubes to be in and out of your body. Somebody turn these down, these lights down, because we've got video. These, just these, these right in here, turn them down so that the screen can be seen. I mean, what is it going to take for, for somebody? I mean, oh my goodness, I can't stand being sick. I don't even like having the flu. I mean, I hate it. I mean, I cannot, my, my wife hates when I get sick because like everything shuts down. Y'all know how, how we men are, you know. <laughs> you know. It don't take much for us. <laughs> I mean, what is it going to take? The, the question is tonight. I, I think it's time for a change. And I don't think we should have to wait for this in order to experience change. And let me just put this disclaimer out. Being a vegetarian does not make you healthy. Being a vegan does not make you healthy. Being a meat eater does not make you unhealthy. Now listen to me tonight. I'm going I'm to explain this. Some of y'all are waiting for me to just say, stop eating meat, stop eating meat. I'm going to get to it in a minute. But I just want you to understand that we're not talking about just what we eat. Excuse me. We're talking about lifestyle. And lifestyle really is what drives what we eat. One of the reasons why we eat what we eat is because of the rat race of a lifestyle we live in. How many grew up in homes back in the day where there were, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't see any up here, but, uh, uh, you know, you got to just add water pancakes now. Yeah. I remember my mom used to make pancakes. Right. <laughs> oh, y'all not hearing me in here. Make them. Come on, say it. Cornbread, it wasn't, a, it wasn't in a box where you just add eggs and milk. They made it. Come on, say amen. amen. But because of the lifestyle, somebody say lifestyle. lifestyle. The lifestyle we're living now, it has, it, has, it has changed how we eat. And whether you eat meat or not, this is not the issue tonight. I want to focus on that. John 5, 1 and 18 gives us a message and principles on how to move about having abundant life. The Bible says together, one of the men lying there had been sick for how long? When Jesus saw him, 
and knew how long he had been ill, he asked him, would you like to get well? And I think that's the question we all should ask ourselves. What kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life of wellness? That word well is literally the word shalom. Shalom means to be whole in every area of your life. All right? And then the Bible says, he said, I can't serve the sick man, said, for I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred up. Well, I'm trying to get there. Someone else gets in the way ahead of me. Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your mat, and do what? Here are two steps to being well. First, make a decision. Write that down. Make a decision. Decision is the word. Number two, follow the Lord's instructions. Not the latest diets and fads. Follow the Lord's instructions. Come on, say amen. Amen. Follow the Lord's instructions. Notice what Exodus 15, 26 says. It says, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his what? All his statutes. The Bible says, I will put none of the diseases. Wow, that's major. I will put none, I will, I will put none, I will put none of the diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that doth what, everybody? That healeth thee. It almost sounds like God is saying, if you do what I tell you to do, then there's a good chance. <laughs> then you can avoid some of the plague and disease that besets those that do not understand my word and understand my ways. What I'd like to point out tonight is, is that there is healing when we follow the word of God. Unfortunately, we live in a society now where people do it right and they still get sick. So for those of us who do it right when we feel like it, what are our chances of getting sick? John 10, 10. This is just the will of God. The Bible says, he says, I come that they might have what? And that they might have it what? More abundantly. That's the will of God for us. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, or do you not know that your, come on, body is the what? Temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. God does want us to take care of our bodies. That's biblical. 1 Corinthians 6, 20 says, for you were bought out of what? Therefore, do what? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. There goes the connection again. So we must glorify God spiritually, and God also holds us accountable for how we glorify him as it relates to our body temple. So based upon that text, what are the two areas we must glorify God? We must glorify God what? I can't hear you in here. We must glorify God what? We must glorify God what? We must glorify God what? I want to hear everybody here. We must glorify God what? In our body and with our spirit, which belong to who? Which belong to God. 1 Corinthians 3.17 says, if anyone defiles the temple. See, it amazes me how we will hear scripture and it gives a command. I mean, the popular thing now is the Bible says you ought to praise the Lord. I agree. We ought to praise the Lord. How come people are not going as hard about help? I mean, the same people that we're hearing on television preaching about all this kind of stuff. I'm saying, why is there nobody? And guess what? People are starting to talk now. (laughs) They're starting to talk now. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will do what? God will destroy him. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.17 is, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. He's not talking about a church. He's talking about you. 
John 15, 5 says, without me. And this is the good news tonight. Listen, if you go out here and try to do, I've been a, I've been a vegetarian and a vegan about 20 times. <laughs> right now, I don't, I'm more like a flexitarian. I'm going to be... <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you in here. The first, oh, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait. I'll tell you in a minute. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through what? Christ who strengthens me. Now, uh, this is the new Lexus that's coming out. I forgot the name of it, but it's, the, uh, it's their new supercar. And if there are any car enthusiasts in here like the pastor, I love cars. I've been, I, when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a car designer. I, I saw myself living in Detroit and, and designing cars and stuff like that. But for people who love cars, understand anything about cars, you know, I, you know every, every hood person has a cousin, Joe, that knows how to fix a car. Come on, say amen. I remember my uncle and my brother, who, you know, they came up in, in an era where cars were easy to fix. And so, you know, you just fixed your own car. You know what I'm saying? There was those days. And uh, I believe it was a 1979 Capri. And uh, my, it was yellow. It was my uncle's car. My dad had one. It was silver. And there was something wrong with my uncle's transmission. So he took it upon himself. He said, I'm a southern boy. I understand this thing. I'll go in here and I'll figure it out. He decided he was going to fix his Capri. And my father said, man, I think you should take it to the shop on something like this. He said, I think you should. He said, no, nah, man, I got this thing, man. And his pride just was uplifted. He said, I'm going to do it on my own. Well, he got under that Capri and he, he called himself fixing the transmission I don't know how this happens. If anybody is a, is a mechanic, somebody explain this to me afterwards. He put the keys in the ignition. He turned it on. His transmission was jacked up, but he said he fixed it. When he put the car in first gear, it went in reverse. <laughs> oh, he was angry because <laughs> my father talked some serious trash to him. And I remember my father said this. He says, man, next time, take it to the manufacturer. Next time, take it to the people that can fix it. Sometimes it's more expensive to take it to the dealer, but at least you know you're going to get it right. And if they don't get it right, at least you know you got a warranty. Now, I don't espouse that. I believe that there's some brothers and some sisters that can fix a car and fix it right. But I'm just saying that if anybody knows how to operate a product, it's the manufacturer. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to our bodies, I declare to us tonight that we ought to look to the word of God. God, the word of God will tell us how we ought to live our lives. The manufacturer's name is Jesus. He designed us inside and out just by the very thought from his mind. He created us from the dust of the ground, breathed into our nostrils a breath of life, and man became a living soul. He knows more than the doctors. Come on, say amen. Some of you are healed tonight, not because of a doctor and, and, their, and their diagnosis and whatever they gave you. You're here tonight because God touched you. He knows how to work, and I think tonight we ought to go back to the Word. Now, the creation story, I think you're going to, this is an area to write something down. The creation story in Genesis, this might be a quiz question. Somebody's going to get an iPod touch at the end of this meeting, and it's going to have the Bible on there, it's going to have the sermons on there, but they're going to, they're going to, they're going to pass a serious quiz, and by now you know it's going to be serious. The creation story in Genesis reveals to us how God designed, how, how, reveals to us how God designed for us to what? To live. In the book of Genesis, hear me now, please hear me. In the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, God teaches us how he originally wanted us to live. If you want to understand how to live abundantly, go back to the creation story and look what God did in the beginning. It amazes me when I hear 
preachers and, and churches, and they're like, well, we're not under the law anymore. Listen, the Sabbath, healthy living, and family principles are before there was a law or Ten Commandments. We're talking about creation. We're talking about the beginning. I mean, it's, let's just use common sense. If you want to figure out how something is supposed to work, go back to the beginning. God reveals to us how he designed for us to live. God's plan, here's another area you need to write. God's plan for health is not a diet. Now, some of us have to do diets because we get in extreme situations. But we are not to live in extremes. The, the very nature of it, if you plan on getting in a diet, that means you plan on getting out. <laughs> Am I right about it? If you plan, listen, I, I, I'm, in, I'm doing P90X. It's a new workout thing. And insanity, I'm about to buy that. But they're 90-day, 60-day workouts. It's obvious that after 60 days, <laughs> and I'm not saying don't do those things, but what I'm calling us for now, we're not focusing on Atkins diet or what's the latest diet or the juice diet. We're, I'm telling you that if you want optimum health, Go to the word and live a lifestyle of health and not extreme moments when you want to get into a dress. Or when you're going back to your high school reunion and you want to be able to look a certain way when they have the reunion basketball game. Are y'all hearing me now? God's plan is, a, is not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Lifestyle. Check this out. I believe, is, this, is this writing material? No. Let's read together. Today, diseases most likely to kill you are related to your what? Is anybody listening to me tonight? I hope, I hope you are. Heart disease, cancer, stroke, help me Lord, diabetes, high blood pressure, depression. Depression are based on lifestyle. I was amazed, by the way. I strongly encourage you to get this book. It's called The Creation Health Breakthrough by Monica Reed. It's on your document. This book will change your life. It's about what God called us to do as it relates to health. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Check this out now. How many of y'all want to lose weight? Put your hands in the air right now. I'm going to tell you tonight how to lose weight. How many of you want to be happy all the time? Put your hands in the air. I'm going to tell you right now. How many of you want to have joy? How many of you want to feel good? How many of you want to be able to walk more than five minutes without getting tired? I got you tonight. I got you. Lifestyle, this is a preventative, all right? Lifestyle disease is characterized, now we're talking about lifestyle disease, is characterized by a group of harmful behaviors practiced over time. Somebody say habits. habits. Oh, Lord, I, I'm trying to figure out, why, I, I don't have much time. Which, de which, which, which decrease quality of life and ultimately the onset of chronic illness leading to premature death. So, hear me now. There are certain foods I love. There are certain things I like to do. I like staying up late. I like watching SportsCenter over and over again till 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm just being honest with you. I love corned beef sandwiches. I'm telling you the truth. When I got here to Cleveland, the first thing I did, I went and got a corned beef sandwich. Some of y'all ain't ready to hear the preacher say that. I'm telling you the truth. Confession is good for the soul. I love food. I come from a family of food folk. My dad is a preacher. My mom, both two, two generations, three, four generations of Adventists. But we grew up eating good food, good Southern food, macaroni and cheese. Oh, have mercy. 
cornbread and collard greens. And see, we didn't eat pork, but then my mom would put a, a smoked turkey, something in there. And just let it marinate. And we would cook our greens down, destroying all the nutrients. But they just taste better that way. Come on, say amen. I grew, I grew up eating fried turkeys at, at Thanksgiving. And fish, don't even get me started here. I am not delivered yet. I'm telling you now. But hear me now, what I'm telling you is God is calling me, God is calling all of us to make wise choices about our lifestyles. And what got me in trouble is, I remember one year, I'm a vegetarian this year. Yes, I am. Eat no, I ain't eating no more meat. Thanksgiving comes. Come on in here, somebody. I'm just going to be real in here tonight. See, ain't nobody else going to die. I'm just going to tell you the truth. The pastor's trying or, 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 or you, you go, and listen, I watch the Food Network, Lord have mercy. I'm just in the food. Anybody like me? I'm, I love restaurants. I love, I love different cultures. I like, I like Thai. I like Korean. I like, I like Indian. I like it all. I love food. That's just the culture. I love it. And people say, well, you don't have hardly any weight on you. But health is not determined by being overweight. I was just in ICU yesterday visiting with somebody, and what hardly no fat people in there. We automatically assume that we're healthy based upon our size. And that's not the case at all. So here's some lifestyle diseases, poor eating habits. Little to no exercise. Now, you see, this is what we always like to harp on, what people are eating. But I, went, I pastored a church before I got here, and the whole church, 70 or 80% of them, were vegans. All of them. And they were always sick. I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. They were always sick. I just found out one of them found a spot. I'm not wishing that on them. I'm just telling you. I know it's got to be more. They wouldn't serve water at our meal, not water, at our meals because you're not supposed to eat and drink at the same time, which some of you may not know we'll teach in a minute. However, but notice this now, it's more than just what you eat. Little to no exercise, lack of sleep, stress, high risk behavior. We're talking lifestyle. We're not talking diet. Uh, High-risk behaviors, smoking, drinking, alcohol, drugs, uh, promiscuity. These are all things outside the will of God. Uh, no playtime or solitude. Some of us are so serious all the time, we don't know how to have fun. We don't know how to enjoy. The Bible says, a laughter doeth, merry, doeth good like a medicine. This is what God has called a limited, meaningful family time. I can't wait to show you when I, when I, oh, wow. People live longer if they are in good relationship with their family. That's research. Lack of spiritual connection. We're going to point all these things out to you. Meds cannot fix lifestyle problems. No, hear what I just said here. Medication cannot fix diabetes. Medication cannot fix uh, 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 kidney failure. Medication cannot fix high cholesterol. It can monitor it. It can keep it, but it can't heal it. And what we just showed you is that the majority of America is dying not because of some outside disease, but because of internal, we, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. 
80% of cancer is potentially preventable with the best diet and lifestyle practices. Whoa, I just said something there. What we're saying is, there used to be a time when you said cancer, you thought mystery. We don't know how people are getting cancer now. We don't know. Cancer is mysterious. It's not mysterious anymore, according to the research. Cancer is connected with lifestyle. Genesis 1. Listen to what God says. He says, then let us, he says, then God said, let us make man in our what? According to our what? And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then God saw that everything that he had made, and indeed it was very what, everybody? It was very good. At creation, this is the point I'm making here. When God did his work at creation, he stood back and said, what I have done, the way I've organized their lives and their lifestyle, it's good. The word is himatov in the, in the Hebrew. It essentially says it's perfect. It's the way it's supposed to be. This is why I'm saying it's, it's, it's ignorant to argue theologically that eating the right foods and taking care of your body is not important spiritually. Because in the beginning, God says, the thing I put together is good. The life I designed for you, listen to me, God is bad when he praises himself. <laughs> he stands back, looks at his own work, says, man, I'm bad. <laughs> he says it's good. Creation health is what I, I, I suggest to you, that there are eight there are eight principles from the Genesis narrative that tell us how to have an optimum, healthy lifestyle. Here it is. Write these down. Write these down. The first thing is choice. Second, rest. <clears throat> this might be quizzed. Number three, environment. Write shorthand because I'm going to be moving. You'll see him again. Number four, activity. <coughs> Number five, trust in divine power. Number six, interpersonal relationships. All this matters. And uh, how many is that? Oh, okay. Seven, right? Okay. Outlook, your perspective. And then finally, number eight, nutrition. All right? Can I move? You'll see him again. Don't worry. All right, let's start with choice, and let's move quickly. Notice what the Word of God says. Then the Lord God took the man together, put him in the what? To do what? I don't have everybody helping me. To do what? Tend and do what? All right? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may what? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not what? For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely what? All right, so God in that text gives man the first thing necessary for a healthy lifestyle, choice. He says, there's something in the garden you should not touch. 
but I'm not going to take it out of here so you don't have a choice. I'm going to leave it there so that you can make a choice. Life works better when you choose to do it. If you're forced to do the right thing, you won't continue to do it. You got to choose. Somebody say choose. Read this together. Choice is the first step toward improved what? Making healthy choices is the key to, I'm sorry, making healthy choices is the key to lifestyle improvement. Touch yourself right now and say, I got to choose it. I got to choose it. I got to make a decision. I got to make a decision. All right, now, next. Establishing habits. One of the things we said is, one of the reasons why we do what we do and we know we shouldn't do it is because we make patterns for our lives. It's hard to break cycles. How many know that to be true? It's hard. Once you set up a pattern, it's hard to break it. And I'm a, I'm a prime witness of it. When I'm hungry and I go buy a fast food restaurant, even though I know I should wait till I get home to cook a real wholesome meal, I'm hungry right now. And I got the money, so I'm going to give me something right now. But what I should exercise is self-control. I should exercise choice. And listen, I'm telling you now, eating one thing of fries, eating one Big Mac ain't going to kill you today. I'm not going to let anybody tell you that lie. That's the truth. It's not, it's even, and that's not the issue. And that's how Satan works. See, it's when you make this a lifestyle, a pattern of living. But we've got to learn how to break the cycles and start establishing good patterns. Now, I'm going to say something in a minute. We should not eat certain things. Now, I'm going to explain. There's a whole lot of stuff we shouldn't eat, and we're going to look at it in a minute. Now, if you want to change the pattern, you have to disrupt the pattern. Number one, you need an attitude check. Stop making excuses for making dumb decisions. Well, yeah, I'm going to get to it when I can, but I just love it, and, or, or that's the way we cook, and, and that's where I come up, blah, 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 blah. All right. You know, some folks don't even like coming over to my house to eat now because me and my wife cook differently. My problem is not what I eat at home. It's what I do when I go out. When we make sweet potatoes, I don't, I don't load it down with a bunch of stuff like I used to before. I don't put blocks of butter in it anymore. I just don't. But when people, my friends come, they're like, man, this don't taste right. That's because I don't eat like that no more, except when I go out. <laughs> Attitude check. It's establish goals. Establish what, everybody? Set a goal for yourself. What do you want to accomplish? That's why I highly recommend that you get this book. It has a lifestyle plan and a lifestyle, uh, not a diet, a easy-to-follow lifestyle plan where you can take steps. One of the things I think we go wrong when it goes to health is when people present on health, they want people to turn around right now. I'm going to be honest. Some of you who have made strides in your health, it took years to do it. Yeah. <laughs> took years in some areas. It took years. Number three, follow a realistic plan. I'm going to be honest. The hardest thing to overcome is appetite. Telling yourself no. Number two, rest. Genesis 2, 1. The Bible says together, together. I want your help. And on the seventh day, God ended his what? Which he had what? And he rested on what day, everybody? Now, let me ask you a question. For all the folk, and this is not to beat up on anybody, you just say, well, listen, we're not under the law anymore. We don't, we're not supposed to keep the seventh-day Sabbath. You know, Jesus rose on But, okay, again, I told you, we're talking about Genesis now. Moses ain't even alive. All right? Abraham not even alive. This is God's set up for our benefit. I'm not trying to shove seventh-day Adventism down your throat. I'm telling you, this is what God wants in order for us to have optimum life. And I'm going to show you how research proves it in a minute. He rested from the seventh day from all his what? His work, which he had what? Then God blessed what day? Will God unbless what he has blessed? And he sanctified it because in it, he, who rested? 
He set the example. He rested from all his work which God had created and made. Rest. Read together. Rest is both a good night's sleep and taking the time to relax during the day. Make space in your day to relax and take a break from the rat race with a weekly Sabbath rest. Somebody say rest. Now, some of y'all rest too much. Some of you need to get up off your behinds and do something. Come on, say amen. amen. Many of us are tired of being tired. We're always feeling tired. We have a weakened, weakened immune system. When you don't get rest, good, good rest and sleep, it weakens your immune system. You're more susceptible to disease and sickness. Irritability increases significantly. That's why you got a bad attitude. It's not because something happened to you or you got emotional problems. Go to bed. Anybody got kids know what I'm talking about? If my kids don't go to bed at 7, 30, 8 o'clock, it's on in the morning. We're going to be fighting all the way to school. I already know it. They get up with bad attitudes, and we think that changes as we get older. We just know how to disguise it differently. Let me continue to move. Uh, causes of sleep depth. Television and internet surfing. You stay up all night watching stuff. Entertainment and sports. Overwork and night shift work. Stress and anxiety. Many of us can't get a good night's rest because we got too much on our minds. The highest mental uh, functions comprised when we get rest. When you sleep more, your brain works better. Your learning is better. Reasoning is better. Safety is better. Efficiency is better. Your communication skills are better. And guess what? Your relationships are better. The Sabbath. God gave us one day out of the week to take a break. I'll talk about that another night. Environment. Here's another important lesson we learned from the scriptures. Verse 8 of chapter 2. Together, the Bible says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in where? And there he put the man. Where did he put him? He put him where? And there he put the man whom he had formed. God put him in a perfect environment. Now notice now. God did not put him in a house with air conditioned and forced air. God did not put him in a high-rise loft downtown. God put him in nature. The truth is, some of y'all don't like going, I don't like going out in the woods, I don't like bugs, blah, blah, blah. that's where you belong. <laughs> I mean, we were trying to buy a dog, man, and me and my wife got into it. Where are we going to put the dog? Dog's going to stay, dog was created to be outside. <laughs> we all were created to be outside. Now, I don't mind a dog in the house, but we all created to be outside. And there is scientific proof that shows the more oxygen you get, the more sunlight you get, the more the, the various flowers and plants produce various things that help our minds and our lives. You feel good when you're out there. Now, many of us don't get out enough. Environment together. Environment is what lies outside our bodies, yet affects what takes place inside of us. A Japanese study found people who live around trees have longer lifespans than those who don't. Somebody say trees. <laughs> Heaven's gift of sunshine. Heaven's gift of sunshine. Elevates the mood. And you know those people are happy when the sun is outside? Yes. Cleveland and Seattle have some of the highest rates of suicide. Because we all got overcast. That's why you got to have sunshine of Jesus in your heart. Liable to hang yourself around here. Number five on the list with health. Got no jobs. You better have Jesus in your life and eat you some good food. Sunlight strengthens the immune system, alleviates pain, lowers blood pressure and cholesterol levels. Somebody say lifestyle. 
You need to circulate air. You always should keep windows open in your house. I don't care how cold it gets. You gotta have fresh air in there. Stale air is not good for the body. House plants. Matter of fact, certain bacteria can't live in a house where there's air. One of the things we discovered at the school when there was an issue with mold, they just said open the windows. Mold grows in dark, moist places. Get some air in there. Use house plants. House plants produce all kinds of oxygen and so forth that help us. If you understand it, say amen. amen. Activity. Let's keep moving here. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do what? To do what? To work it and take care of it. Adam was actively involved. And anybody who's ever worked in a garden or grew up on a farm or knows anything about that, y'all city folk, y'all don't know nothing about that. Where are my southern folk out here? Who know, where are the folk from the outside of Ohio who know something, who live out in the woods somewhere? Huh? It's work out there. If you got a little old garden, it's work. <laughs> it's work. And God, and God calls us to work. One of the things I discovered about people that live a long time, most of them have no sense of what retirement is. They never stop working. We're going to look at those blue zones in a minute. Activity includes what? Stretching, muscle development, and aerobic activity. Research indicates that an increase in activity translates directly into improved health. You don't have to go get a membership at the gym in order to start improving your health. Stop trying to get a hot body like what you see on television and just start living a lifestyle. Get outside and go for a walk. I want to show you a video tonight, but there's a lady who's uh, right now, I guess she's about 104 years old. She lives in Loma Linda, California, which is called a blue zone. These are areas across the world where people live to be 100 years old or more. And one of the things they found, this particular sister is 100 years old, rides her bike for eight miles a day. She said, I don't know what retirement is. They've made me retire. But she volunteers her time. See, when you're involved in life, when you're active, you keep living. Heart disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, cancer, anxiety, and depression are all connected with not being active. That's why the TV is such a curse. You sit down and you watch that thing. Get your butt up, go outside, and just walk. Walk around your house. Come on, say amen. Do something. Inactivity is as detrimental as smoking, and there are some of us, because of our joint problems, we can't really get out, go swimming. Do, there's something that you can do. Inactivity is as detrimental, listen to this, inactivity is as detrimental as smoking or having high cholesterol levels. When you don't do nothing, you might as well pick up a cigarette. Mental benefits. It improves sense of well-being, increases energy, efficiency, and endurance, and it lifts depression and reduces stress. Weight control, it helps out. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. How many, how, can I get a witness from the love handles tonight? <laughs> can I get a witness from the pot bellies tonight? We don't got six, don't got six pack, but got the one pack. Come on in. Got the two liter. Come on, all my two liter folk, come on, say amen out here. Get out and walk. I was about to say, look at your neighbor and tell them, get your butt outside and walk. But I ain't going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that. It strengthens your immune system. Y'all disobeyed me. Lowers insulin requirements. Exercise. Let me move. Strengthens the bones. By the way, there's a new pair of sneakers I'm going to buy. So I'm online. They're called barefoots. They're, they're designed like your feet. They have toes and everything. And it actually proves that barefoot walking is actually better for your feet and joints. You know, when God created Adam, he didn't create him with sneakers on. It strengthens your muscles. 
But a lot of us are having foot problems because we're putting these, uh, these stilettos on. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> Trying to look cute and in, in pain. <laughs> Trust in what, everybody? Trust in God. Let's continue to move. Uh, okay, good. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, what? <laughs> hey, there we go right there. Everything starts with God. Verse 27. So God created man in his own what? If God created man in his own image, the only way that man can properly operate and function in life is he has to be in relationship with God. Trust in God speaks to the important relationship between spirituality and healing. Our faith, beliefs, and hopes affect our health. There's a study shown right now that Seventh-day Adventists live 10 times longer than the average human being in the, in the whole world. And one of the principles that they denote is because of Sabbath rest. It says people that go to church regularly and take a day of rest live eight times longer than the average person. Interpersonal relationships. We overlook this part. We love to talk about diet. But you got bad relationships. You're going to die. Stress going to kill you. Some of you having heart problems right now and stress and pains because you're worried about stuff because you got unforgiveness in your life. It, having unforgiveness is like taking this Big Mac and shoving it down your throat. It makes you feel good not to forgive, but guess what? It's going to kill you after a while. Interpersonal relationships. The Bible, look at what God did. Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone in isolation. We need one another. Let's read this. Interpersonal relationships are important to your well what? Knowing you have the support of others can contribute to improve health. Come on, give the Lord a praise for friends. For support. Come on, say amen. Another, another study showed that that, that elderly people that don't go to nursing homes and stay in community live longer than those that do go to nursing homes. That actually living in community causes you to live longer. Now, this is not to make anybody feel guilty who had to do it. I'm just expressing to you what the research says. Come on, say amen. amen. Outlook. Our perspective. Uh, Genesis 1:28. Together, the Bible says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in what? Fill the earth and do what? Rule over the what? Notice now, God commands man, he says, take charge of your planet. He says of the sea and in the birds of the air and every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, have confidence. Have a positive attitude about this. And notice what he even told him. Now, God, now, the, now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. That ought to make Adam feel pretty good. Adam, you name them. These are yours. And that's how we ought to view life, that God has given us victory, that God has given us dominion through our relationship with him. Would you say amen? amen. Outlook colors your perspective on life. Recent research highlighting the influence of the mind on the body suggests that attitude does influence your health and can even impact the progression of disease. Studies have been shown where you have one sick person who has a bad attitude, one sick person who prays, and the person that prays lives longer because your outlook on your life affects progression of disease. You can stop disease in its tracks if you actually think and see things in a positive nature. When you're depressed or having an, okay, let me, let me, uh, yes, yes. When you're depressed or have a negative outlook, certain brain hormones are depleted. 
creating a chain of biochemical events that ends up slowing down the activity of the whole immune system. When you're negative, you're setting yourself up for disease and sickness. That's why the God commands us to praise him. When we learn how to praise God, it keeps our spirits up. <laughs> Nutrition. And we're getting ready to uh, bring it home. Genesis 2, 29, 30. Y'all know now we got to talk about food. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every corned beef sandwich, <laughs> every fried fish meal. Come on, say Every, every hot sauce William uh, uh, Polish boy that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for what? I give you every green plant for food. Nutrition, y'all read this, is the fuel that drives the whole what? Now, this is why we harp on what you eat, because it drives the system. It's like if you put bad gas in a car. Take time to evaluate your food intake, remembering that even small improvements done on a regular basis, and this is all I'm calling for. I'm not calling for you to go out to your refrigerator tonight and throw away all your meat. What I'm telling you is make small lifestyle improvements so you don't end up like I, I did, being a vegetarian, a vegan, a flexitarian, back to eating everything and going back and forth. You want to have a life of consistency. There's some folk who are vegetarians but don't like vegetables. Explain that. <laughs> Vegans, but don't like exercise. Love stress and drama. Here's some nutrition points. I got I to gotta move. Uh, we'll look at them later. There are three diets outlined in scripture. Number one, the original diet, which we just read. And God said, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. We're going to break that down in a minute. And every tree whose fruit yields seed to, to you, it shall be for food. <laughs> Fruits, grains, and nuts. That's the original diet. Fruits, grains, and nuts. Fruits, grains, and nuts. The original diet. Come on, say amen. You will live longer if you eat like this. Now, now notice now. Let's talk about collard greens. Now, I know we like them cooked down. I don't cook mine like that anymore. I stir fry them. I, I, you know, I'm going to get to them when I'm eating them raw eventually, but I stir fry them. I don't cook them down. If you cook them down, you may like the way they taste better. By the way, let me just point this out. Y'all got, we got to stop, Myron too, we got to stop eating strictly for taste. <laughs> we got to treat f food like fuel. You take your greens and you cook them down, you've killed all the nutritional value in it. It tastes good. Ain't nobody going to be mad at what you made. But you're a good cook, but you're killing people. And I'm not saying we should not have this every now and then. See, uh, this is the problem when you, when, you have these, when you have these talks. It's not, ain't nothing wrong with having a piece of cake every now and then. I'm, 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 if you want to eat a piece of fish every now and then, I'm not going to keep what I'm trying to get to. And some of y'all can't get with me saying that. But the key is lifestyle. If you try to go cold turkey, you're going to go backwards. Make gradual steps, and as you grow in the Lord, God will give you victory in every area. I'm telling you the truth. And you shall eat the herb of the field. This is the second diet. After sin, 
The Bible says, then God said, this is Genesis 3, you shall eat every herb of the field. Watch this now. It was not God's initial intention that we eat vegetables. Did you know that? Like collard greens. Collard greens came after sin because now our bodies were beginning to, 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 to die, right? So God had to put medication. These foods are strong in nutri nutritional value. There are certain plants you can't eat because it will kill you. Because the nutritional value is too, too potent. But vegetables were added after sin so that it could help to perpetuate the dying life. Y'all follow what I'm saying in here? So first it was fruits, grains, and nuts, and then God had to add vegetables to help us try to hang in there a little bit while longer. Y'all following me now? So check this out now. Genesis 5.27 says, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. <laughs> Now, check this out now. You talk about they were living a thousand years. And all the way down here in 2000, we barely can get 78. And, and God bless all of us black men. That's nasty. I've stopped saying that. I forced myself to eat stuff that I don't like. I was at Whole Foods the other day, and I saw something, and it was like it said superfood. I don't know what it was in it. Some of y'all probably know. It was not good. Well, my taste buds were not used to it. But I ate it, and I felt good. Because I'm, I'm, immaturity says, eat what you like. Maturity says, eat what's good for you. Permissive diet. This is the third diet, the permissive diet. When the flood came, it destroyed everything. Fruits, grains, nuts, and vegetables. So in order to sustain life, God told them to take two uh, clean animals, two by two, and unclean, I'm sorry, did I get that right? Clean, unclean animals <laughs> in sevens, I mean in twos, and clean animals in sevens. You got to have seven because you need more food than you need the unclean animals. Y'all follow me now. So you shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female. That was the food. Two each of animals that are unclean, a male and a female. This is the permissive diet. In other words, God said, I'm allowing you to eat meat because you need to be able to get through this time where there's no vegetation. So it's not the standard. It's almost like we think in America that if you're going to have a good meal, you've got to have meat and potatoes and a vegetable. I have a friend of mine who's from Japan. And it's amazing. Over here in the United States, we try to paint a picture of how Asians eat. You go to like a Chinese restaurant or a Thai restaurant, and you have big portions of carbs, rice, generally white rice, which is processed, right? And then you have a little portion of vegetables and a lot of meat. But over in Japan, they have a little bit of meat, a little bit of carbs, and then they have all these little plates with all these different vegetables on it. And so I ask, I wonder why they do that. Because in America... We, are, we want meat and potatoes. We want to live on the permissive diet. And the permissive diet does not help you to live very long. Deuteronomy 14, 6 says, And you may eat every animal with cloven hooves, having the hoof split into two parts, and that choose the cud among the what? Here are the guidelines that the word of God gives us for food as it relates to flesh meat. Number one, the animal must split the hoof. His foot must be split. 
Number two, the, the word of God says it must chew the cud. Now, let me just break this down for those of you who understand. Vegetarian animals, not scavengers. That's what it's saying. That's the way God set it up. Animals that are vegetarians, not scavengers. And we're going to show you in a minute what a scavenger is. Here are the list of the unclean meats listed in that same text. Ox, I'm sorry, clean, clean meats rather. Ox, sheep, deer, goat. <laughs> a Jamaican just lost his mind. I can't even lie. Wild goat, antelope, cows, gazelle. List of unclean meats. Are you ready? Camel. No rabbit bacon, saints. Swine, that's a pig. Rock badger. By the way, let's, let's talk. Truth, truth of the matter is, our concern is right here at that thing right here. Some crazy folk eating rabbit and camel, but most folk eating that right there. It amazes me how the things that are the worst for you taste the best. They ain't nothing but the devil. And look what Leviticus says. And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud. It is not a vegetarian. It is unclean to you. Hold on for a second. Uh, Deacon Dandridge, there is a prompt on there to turn on the sound with the computer. The audio for the computer, projection. It should be an audio for projection. Turn that on. Y'all got to hear something. I'm going to let you go at 8.30. Is it on yet? I don't, I don't hear it. If, if it works, uh, we'll see. Hold on, let me see. Is it plugged in? Uh, maybe not. They are unclean to you. Now, I wanted to show you Joe Osteen. Now, I, I don't have time to do it, but Joel talks about the pig here, and his church goes crazy. Now, these are non-Seventh-day Adventists who typically don't believe that there's anything wrong with eating this. But this guy is preaching to his church that it's wrong to eat pig. One of the things he's saying that most of us know is that pigs are indiscriminate as to what they eat. Their digestive system is designed to clean up the earth. And what, you, and what they do is, after they take all the poisons in them, they're like much like dogs. Dogs can eat anything, anything, and not get sick. That's what a pig is. A, 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 a cow can't eat everything and not get sick. And so he goes on to share that. I want to show you that tonight, but I'll move on. But I will show you this. Here's a pig eating a dog. A pig will eat anything. And what they do is, after this, after he eats that dog, they're going to cut him up. They're going to take the ribs. And at about, 20, about four or five, uh, maybe four or five days later, the ribs going to be right on over there at, uh, at B&M. Oh, oh, Pigs eat anything. And this is why God said, don't eat it. And, well, we're not under that no more. You can eat anything and be blessed. Are you, I, wait, come on, this is not wise. God said, don't eat it. It's not just for the Jews. Look at the Bible says. The Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. If God's telling you not to eat it, he's going to take care of you. We are not to eat unclean foods as listed in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14. The Bible says, these you may eat of all that are in the waters. You may eat all that have fins and scales. 
Uh, catfish does not have fins and scales. And whatever does not have fins and scales, you shall not eat. It is unclean for you. A catfish is much like a, it's a water pig. It eats anything. Guidelines. They must have fins. They must have scales. This is from the word of God. Of all the creatures living in the water, you may eat any that has fins and scales. All the, let's go to the birds. All clean birds you may eat. The clean ones. But these you shall not eat. Now I'm going to come back to this. See, all, uh, don't worry. Uh, vulture. Buzzard. Red kite and falcon. They eat anything. Raven, ostrich, owl and stork, heron and bat. Come on, say amen. See, y'all laughing. I'm telling you, I come from south where you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Deuteronomy 14, 19 says, also, every creeping thing that flies is unclean for you. They shall not be eaten. This shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations and all your dwellings, the Bible says. You shall, you shall eat neither fat nor blood. That's something we always overlook. We eating the meat, but we eating all the fat and the blood. And we're going to do it right. Let's do it like the Jews and go kosher. Disease resides in blood. Come on, say amen. amen. We ought to drink water. Come on, say amen. amen. Water has no calories in it. For those of you who want to lose weight, drink water. And by the, by the way, uh, athletes, uh, I had a buddy of mine, was, uh, Sister Bonner's grandson, Craig Dawson, is a chiropractor for sports figures. Eric Wright, uh, for those of you who know him, he's a defensive back for uh, the Browns. He got burnt three times in the past few weeks, Orlando. <laughs> Uh, but he came here this weekend, Craig, that's Craig Daw one of Craig Dawson's patients. He came here this weekend to tighten him up. One thing Craig says is, he says, one of the ways that athletes lose so much weight is they go on water diets. They just drink water continually. You watch, you watch them walking around with a jug. He said, because it has no calories in it. It increases your metabolism, and you're able to eliminate. Colon cancer is big time now. Respiration, digestion, saliva and tears, temperature control, and flexibility when we drink water. Headaches, constipation, by the way, I got to get our coffee in the morning, and we won't drink no water. We got to go get us, we got to get some, we got to get some acid in us, some Sprite, some pop, whatever y'all call it, all this kind of stuff. We will not drink water, and thus we reap the benefits thereof. Dry skin, headaches, 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 constipation, fatigue. Many of us do not eliminate. You should eliminate at least once a day or at least after every meal. But we're not flushing our system. Uh, they, they, they recommend you need five to stay alive, glasses of water, eight to feel great, and ten to rejuvenate. And this is a day. Come on, say amen. I feel like having a drink of water right now. <laughs> Give me a few more minutes here. Here's some nutrition points I just want to point out. The amount of food you eat, eat until you feel comfortably full and not until you are stuffed. Pay attention to your serving sizes and consider smaller, more frequent meals. Five smaller meals versus three larger ones. Minimize. Minimize animal protein intake. Minimize refined sugars and even sugar substitutes. Minimize saturated fats. Saturated fats are usually solid or almost solid at room temperature. I don't even use butter anymore. 
I'm like using the smart balance and stuff like that. Olive oil is my choice of oil now because it's healthier. Matter of fact, there's a place in, 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 near Italy called Sardinia, and, and folk there actually drink olive oil. And they, live, and they live to be centurions. They live to be 100 years old. This is, you, you want to avoid saturated fat. All this stuff is manufactured stuff. We want stuff that comes from the earth. This is alive food. This is dead food. Dead food is food that's been manufactured. Dead food is food. Look at this, man. Let me, come on now. Let me, let's, this is going to make somebody hungry. This is dead. It's dead. It has absolutely no nutritional value. But there's protein in it. But the protein got, got arsenic in it. The bread is not real bread. It's enriched, which means it's manufactured. What I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, is anything in a box, anything in a can, I'm not saying you shouldn't eat it. I'm just saying you got to minimize eating this stuff. This stuff produces the cancers and the disease. You got to eat close to the ground. Let me, let, me, let me move fast real quick. Summary. Here's a summary of what we want to say. Number one, it, to, 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 to have a healthy lifestyle, and you're talking to a person who loves all kinds of stuff. You got to have God to help you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Can I get a witness in here? You got to say, God, you got to help me. This thing is hard. I heard one physician say there are two things that's difficult for folk to give up. Sex and food. They're addictive in nature. Can't nobody say amen. Nobody want to say amen on that one. <laughs> Number two, family relationships. This is all the research that they have come to the conclusion of, of individuals who live long. They have a relationship with God. They have great relationships with their family. They put their family first. They're active every day, and they have a plant-based diet. Now here it comes. They, they use very little to no animal products. I got to say it. Meat is not good for you, but neither is processed foods. Box stuff, white rice, canned stuff. All this stuff right here in a box, you got to minimize that. Let's, let me give you something practical to do. Try to eat more raw, more vegetables. Let that be the dominant thing on your plate instead of processed foods, meats. Do more veggies than you do protein. Plant-based. People that live to be 100 have plant-based diets. Number five, a sense of purpose. People that live long have a reason why they live. And finally, people that live long have a day of rest. They observe God's Sabbath. Seventh-day Adventists live 10 times longer. So I just want to share with you tonight. Choose life. <laughs> and, and remember now, we, we, what was the key word tonight? Does anybody remember what the key word was? Lifestyle. I don't want anybody in here to feel like, man, some of you probably had plans tonight. We ain't eat all day. We got to stop at McDonald's. <laughs> Listen, I mean, no, and I'm not giving this away tonight. That would be hypocritical. Somebody asked me that. We're throwing this away. Unless you're hungry and you ain't had nothing to eat, it's better to feed somebody something than for them not to eat anything. You might die if you eat it, though. No, I'm okay. 
the key I want to tell you this is, because this is where I got so jacked up in my life. I would, I would hear stuff like this, and I would just go crazy like this. And one of the things is, is if you eat at places, if you really eat healthy, it costs money. So you got to take steps. You can't just walk. I mean, anybody been to Whole Foods lately? I went in there the other day just to get me a, a muffin and one of them I, 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 a naked drinks and something else. Man, I almost spent like $20 on three things. And if you go in there and go grocery shopping, you're going to spend 100 But listen, you can go to Aldi's and do this. The goal is you want to eat your food close to the ground, more color. When I say close to the ground, get it as natural as possible. Stay away from the process and have a lifestyle. Have a lifestyle. Somebody say lifestyle. lifestyle. No diets. We're going to do lifestyle. Uh, this, is not, this is a spiritual conversation. I'm not your doctor. If your doctor tells you one thing, listen to your doctor. But I'm just saying for those of you who want ongoing abundance in life, follow the blueprint of a lifestyle. I highly recommend to you that you get the book, The Creation Health Breakthrough by Monica Reed. If you want to do the best you can by the grace of God to follow his plan for your life, as it relates to a healthy lifestyle, I invite you to stand tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us tonight. This is hard. It's hard for the preacher. It's tough. And God, I, I believe there's no sin in every now and then, uh, enjoying a sweet, enjoying something. But God, you're calling us to a consistent lifestyle. God, help us. Help us to be balanced. But God, help us to be focused. Some of us know that there's some things, the Holy Spirit has spoken to some of us tonight, and we know that there's some stuff that we can't do any longer. We can no longer not take care of our bodies. We can no longer not get exercise. We can no longer continue to keep drama going on in our lives and have stress. We can no longer have a negative outlook. We can no longer not make bad, continue to make bad choices. We can no longer eat some of the stuff we're eating. God, help us, give us strength tonight, God. So that we can be able to be a blessing and our lives not be a curse is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.